A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your marauding scrum master, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today we'll be talking about office get-togethers in the deep dive before getting to some audience questions and issues from the internet. But first, time for the daily stand-up. All right, so, Derek, for the daily stand-up, I was going to talk about board games. Do you play board games? Uh, I would say I am a uh, a, a dabbler in board games. Uh, I <laughs> I was an avid uh, video gamer pretty much exclusively for the majority of my life, and that left very little time to do uh, <laughs> practically anything else. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think you can imagine how that might have come to pass that I haven't played as many board games as you have. No, this is true. This is true. Uh, so the latest rage sort of in, in the way board games are produced are uh, what are called legacy games. Uh, okay. Have you heard anything about any of that? Or I would assume not since you're not into the board game thing. Yeah, it doesn't ring a bell. Uh, give, me the, give me the skinny. All right, so the skinny on legacy board games are... They are games that are intended to be played multiple times, but they have a storyline or something like that, so that as you play the game, you are physically altering the game as you mm. go through. Uh, okay, that's pretty so cool. So, like, the, the one that we're playing right now is uh, called Pandemic Legacy. Uh, okay. And it's Pandemic Legacy Season 2. So, Pandemic... Uh, itself is a game about uh, trying to cure diseases before they kill everybody on the planet. Right. Pandemic Legacy was like this whole story thing about trying to cure uh, diseases before they kill the planet as well as one particular disease. Okay. Season two, not to spoil it for anybody, things didn't go well in season one in the main <laughs> storyline. You start off season two... Basically, it's like a post-apocalyptic wasteland oh, where, where everything's gotten wiped out by disease. And this is a board game, mind you. Right. <laughs> is there any blurb in the second set where it basically like blames the original players for not doing a good enough job? It, there is, and, and all of us at the table, because we had played season one and everybody at the table was like, fuck you, man, we did a great goddamn job. That's some bullshit. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was. It was like you know when this came out, and you know while there were heroic teams attempting to stop the spread, they were unable to do so, and the world collapsed. And we're like, we fixed the planet. I don't know what you're talking about. Game over. We're done here. Well, apparently this the season two disagrees. Yeah, season two definitely disagrees with us. Um, but like, so I'm having fun. I think. But that was, it was one of those things where we, we pushed off from the table after we got done playing. And I was like, well, thanks for inviting us over. And I'm glad we did it. I can't say that I'm happy right now. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. Any game that uh, remembers my past bad actions is probably a bad thing for me. But this game is so oh, brutally, I wouldn't say difficult, but it's just unforgiving. It is unforgiving, and the designers are uh, mean people who should feel bad about themselves and the decisions they make. <laughs> you hear that, uh, pandemic creators? You are mean. We are putting you on blast, and you should go make a nicer game. You're bad, and you should feel bad. No, like, <laughs> at one point in the game... Uh, they, they open up this little thing and like in the fiction, you, you come across like a cache of, uh, the cure or something. And I'm like, 
<laughs> Wait, the the band The Cure? No, yeah. <laughs> you come across a bunch of CDs of The Cure, and I'm sorry. it's it's a, a post apocalyptic wasteland. So you've got all these CDs of The Cure, but you have no CD players. Oh no! And all the emos will be so exactly sad. the only thing more emo than The Cure on CD <laughs> is being sad because you can't play The Cure. On CD. Because there are no CD players left on Earth. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my kingdom for a CD player. Oh, man. Let's do the deep dive. Uh, like you said in the intro, uh, we're going to talk about office parties or office festivities. Uh, being part of an office culture, um, a lot of us are required to do some sort of mandatory festivity. Um, right. And, and we're going to talk mo- mostly about the ones that happen at work. Uh, we'll probably cover the uh, you know, after hours uh, mandatory team building stuff uh, on a different episode. Um, oh yeah, that gets its whole, a whole different topic. Yeah, so um, so there, and there's multiple types of office parties. Um, you know, some of the most popular are like, uh, you know, holiday parties and things like that. Um, then there are uh, like potlucks whether it's like uh still a, a holiday festivity but you know more of like a homegrown uh holiday festivity um right and then you have uh you know sometimes you'll host guests and things like that and they'll do something special for that um so yeah uh which which piece of the of the story do you want to start with frank well at, at one of my old jobs there was um a yearly chili cook-off mm-hmm uh, and a lot of people got really into it. I always enjoyed the chili cook-off, not because I was in the chili cook-off. But you got to you know, get the, uh, harvest the fruits of the labor from the chili cook-off. Exactly. I got to go around tasting all of the chilies, and I knew enough of the people like on a, on a fairly regular basis who were in the chili cook-off that I could be like, oh, you're getting set up, uh, I'll just, you know, taste this and see how it is. And so I got to eat the fuck out of a lot of chili, and I enjoyed that one. Right. But at the same time, like if you're if you're making chili for like an entire office, mm-hmm. that's expensive. It, it, and it so, is. I mean, even if you're going with like a, a lesser meat option, like not necessarily vegetarian, because if vegetarian chili, like those two words are mutually exclusive. <laughs> like they, should, <laughs> they should not exist in the same product. Um, I don't want to like. We're gonna get we're gonna get phone calls from the vegans. I don't want now. to disparage our vegetarian listeners, um, but uh, I'm just saying that this this may not be the podcast for you if you don't like meat. Um, but but yeah, uh, vegetarian chili is not necessarily uh, you know normal. But even if you do vegetarian chili or like a lower meat option, like it's that's still pounds of stuff. Like you can't. Oh yeah. Like I mean that. What, what would you say? Like how how much did each person bring? Like like a a couple gallons of chili minimum oh yeah a minimum a couple of gallons of chili um and and i know for a fact that people would spend like 60 70 dollars making chili uh one guy one year did like this really in-depth uh texas chili recipe Uh that was nothing but meat (laughs) no it was like that is four different kinds of meat that i can get behind he put he put like a hundred dollars worth of meat into this thing because there was no beans, no you go. know extra stuff. It was just like meats and spices. He, he took he took meat and then formed them into bean like pellets <laughs> to substitute. <laughs> it's normally it the opposite like, way. Normally you're substituting beans for meat, you know, in you know to be in the place of meat. Instead, he made little <laughs> like meat beans. I can get behind that. Yeah, it's it's like faux meat, except in this phase, it's faux vegetables. <laughs> faux vegetable. <laughs> oh. They've got the tofurkey, and now we've got the bacon leek. <laughs> See, but but you know, in in some respects, like the if if you're going for a competition for a for a chili cook-off, the quality of the ingredients is probably going to have like a directly proportional effect on the quality of the overall product. That's not always true. Like, oh, yeah. like sometimes, For the most part. if you're good enough, like you probably can, you know, take a take something with your know, fairly crappy ingredients and turn it into something beautiful. I am not that person, uh, but by and large, like most people are like that. Like they're not going to be able to 
take lower quality ingredients and make something award winning. They're going to put high quality ingredients in it to begin with to go ahead and like make their make their first step the easy one and then just kind of spice it up from there. So, yeah, exactly. This thing was a windfall for me because I got to spend the day eating, you know, pretty much as much chili as I wanted (laughs) of a great variety. Right. And all these people who entered the contest had just, like, provided a whole bunch of free labor and food. (laughs) And I I think it has to be noted that, like, eating as much chili as you want, uh, that's probably... Oh, it's as much chili as I want. It's not as much chili as everybody around me wants. It's probably far more chili than anyone else wants. Uh, But no, I'm definitely down with that sentiment that, like, you know... (laughs) I'm not going to stop eating till all the chili is gone. <laughs> There's still chili. We're not done here. We just started, motherfucker. <laughs> Frank, no. Frank. I can't let it win. Frank, it's midnight. <laughs> I have a family. It's like, then leave the pot. <laughs> we go home when the chili goes home. <laughs> No, so I mean, no, but that that was always a good time. Yeah, so I mean, that that, that sounds you know fairly festive, and uh, and <clears throat> that's one of the examples where the food I feel is is slightly more important than the the coming togetherness. Uh, but you know, you have several right. you have several uh, several examples of you know where the festivities themselves uh, may not revolve around food, uh, and it's like the the congregation and the uh, just mingling that becomes uh, the most important part. Um, those are the ones that kind of kind of get me a little bit um, because you know I worked at a, a few different places um, that had you know mandatory you know Christmas parties where they may like cater something small. Um, but the the one thing that I think makes it the worst for me is when it's a party around alcohol. Oh, because. And, and it it hasn't been a bunch of places, but it's been a couple places. Um, and the couple places that I've worked that put a focus on alcohol for those type of parties, um, it, it has not always ended well. I think it's so classically um, doesn't end well that, like, that's a thing. You know, like, the guy with the lampshade yeah, I mean, on his head at trope. the holiday party is a trope at this point. Right. And it's not necessarily that, you know, that's going to happen at every party that you go to. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> the, the temptation is there. Um, and, you know, Frank, I know that you're just a diehard misanthrope. I'm not necessarily a misanthrope, <laughs> but um, I have limited social batteries. So, right. you know, um, you know, there, there's a certain amount of interaction and... Um, mingling that I can do before I'm, I'm depleted and you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to leave. Uh, and at different points in my life, those batteries may have different levels of storage, but, uh, by and large, like mine is after always an blinking hour, e. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, with me, there's been, you know, uh, maybe kind of like an artificial limit on, uh, on, what is an appropriate amount of time to hang out? Like normally I kind of put like an hour, you know, roughly an hour is enough time to, you know, be at the work function or, you know, specifically the, the work party before I, you know, before that I feel like I'm kind of, uh, chickening out or, you know, not necessarily being with the, the spirit oh, yeah. of the party. Oh, yeah. Um, no, there's there's but, definitely an amount of time that you have to stay at the party, and right. then there's an amount of time that you can stay at the party. Like there's right. that socially acceptable line mm-hmm. where it's like, I have arrived, I have done the thing, I no longer need to do it, and I am allowed to depart with my social construct in place without anybody thinking less of me. Right, and, and I, that is know, that is the thing that I am always focused on. Yeah, and and most of the people that 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 seemed like they were just like primed and ready uh, for this type of interaction were the people that, you know, certainly wanted to imbibe heavily and just have a, a good raucous old time. Um, and that's when, <laughs> that's when you, you're at the water cooler the next morning and there's all these whisperings about, did you hear what Jerry did <laughs> at the office party last night? 
and, and now we live in a, in an age with you know everybody has a you know an HD camera in their pocket. Uh, oh yeah, shit never that, goes away. Like <laughs> that shit. That shit is on Instagram the next that day. That was on YouTube so before you left. Through. Exactly. Like they were live streaming it, streaming it onto Facebook of uh, of Jim in nothing but uh, <laughs> his <laughs> his. Uh, his button-up shirt fashioned into some sort of adult diaper. <laughs> <laughs> just just going to town on the mini hot dogs. <laughs> no, uh, you know, and I, I know you worked in advertising where it wasn't just all uh, entirely antisocial people. Um, you know, did you ever uh, have any stories like that where somebody just oddly went a enough overboard? with with us? Uh, I mean, there were always those kinds of stories, and I. Uh, but we didn't have as much of it as I would have figured for the amount of alcohol that was in the office. <laughs> not, not, not as, as much, much as I would have, have liked. liked. I would have liked more people ruining themselves and their careers and their lives for my amusement. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, more like it. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that was uh, it. Was surprising how little of that would go on. Um, uh, just given uh, again the prevalence of of access, because like for real and legitimately at various places in the office, you could just open like a random drawer and find a handle of vodka, like from where we right. had had some party somewhere. There was a leftover, and someone was like, uh, "I guess we'll just store this here." And <laughs> yeah, there were just cabinets, and it was it was if you were in recovery, it would be a nightmare because you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get a stapler." Shit! <laughs> Why is there a fifth Wait, of Jack Daniels in here? <laughs> oh, yeah that that seems disastrous. Uh, but not very sensitive to uh, recovering alcoholics. Not not very sensitive at all. I mean, we ended up have we had one guy who. Who got, well, let's say that his career was cut abruptly short one day when he was running through the hall, sticking his head into client meetings, screaming obscenities. <laughs> Just juiced to the 11s. Just walking to the conference room. Hey, dude, fuck yeah. Pretty much, like, just... <laughs> who wants to shotgun this vodka with uh, me <laughs> and you know and rightly so he departed soon after that like that was a thing that happened <laughs> and then the the you know repercussion was that his time with us was at an end suddenly and uh, <laughs> unceremoniously yeah uh so another part of the office parties that um has been kind of a, a problem for me in the past is potlucks um, oh these are so fraught ugh yeah, because you know, I, I know that like you kind of had the chili cook off. That was you know sort of like a a chili specific potluck almost. Um, but as far as potlucks go, what are what are your feelings on potlucks? Like, what type of food do you want to bring, and do you feel personally that you have to like showcase something for the potluck, or are you just like going to the Publix and picking up a pie? Well, what are your no, thoughts? On I'm that? a monster. I am the brought some paper towels guy. I I am the brought several two liters of Coke and Diet Coke man. <laughs> you will you will pick up the entire supplies list just so you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, no food. no no cooking from me. Like and I cook sometimes, <laughs> but I do not cook for for public functions or, or anything like that. Because here's the thing: right. I am perhaps a paranoid person. But I know for a fact okay. that my pimento cheese sandwiches will be the thing that kills half the people in the office with salmonella. <laughs> How? How are you going to fuck up pimento cheese so uh, bad that you're exactly. going to kill your coworkers? I don't know, but I would find the way. <laughs> well, you get the one, literal one batch of pimento cheese that, uh, that has exactly. salmonella poisoning. Yeah, it just like Frank Eastman came in and he brought, you know, a pie and, oh, looks like instead of sugar, he used arsenic. <laughs> See, no, 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 no. There is no way that was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> if that happened, I am 100% positive that you meant to kill people. See, exactly. <laughs> That's what everyone would think. They would be like, he finally snapped. The monster did it at last. And the thing is, if I did, I wouldn't have gotten caught. This was obviously a mistake. <laughs> 
It's like, no, when uh, when Frank Eastman wants to kill people, it will not be obvious. And that's Th- this was this was far too blunt an instrument. That's you know not a I good look. A that's not a good look at the bond hearing. Like, <laughs> I plead not guilty, Your Honor, because if I'd have meant to kill him, you'd have never caught me. <laughs> that may not be your strongest argument. No, uh, it's legitimately it's like, a terrible no, no. argument. I just don't think anybody would believe me. <laughs> it's like, Your Honor, I am much better at killing people than that. Uh, I would not be so uh, just obvious as to put an entire pile of arsenic into the pimento cheese. That would affect the flavor exactly. anyway. Oh. Nope. See, my problem is that, you know, my uh, my cooking is, like, fairly domestic, like, um, most of the recipes that I know are just, you know, things we cook for dinner. Um, you know, Jessica has some really fantastic recipes for, like, desserts and, and, uh, some other, like, potluck-style, like, sausage balls and, uh, other things like that. Um, so whenever we're talking about potlucks, like, basically I'm kind of doing the math in my head. I'm like, okay, how much do I want to spend and, like, <laughs> how much time do I want to commit Jessica to? Because I'm, I'm happy to help. Uh, but at some point it's like, you know, she's still, I'm still committing her to do work towards it. Um, I mean, maybe I should just bolster my, bolster my repertoire of stuff that I can cook, but like, (laughs) unless they want some, (laughs) unless they want like just some teriyaki stir fry (laughs) with, (laughs) with like shitty vegetables, like. That's what I can do. That that is the that's the service I provide. <laughs> See, I don't I don't even know if I could get a I've got people in my life who can cook and much better than I can. Like I I like you, I you're a better cook than I am. I know for a fact. But like you, the the things that I do cook are sort of work a day, you know, people get fed and right. we we've eaten that and that was a thing that we ate and now none yeah, of us are going to die of malnutrition. Not- yeah, it's not an event. It's just something that, you know, puts the calories on the board. Exactly. So I know die. people who, you know, legitimately like cooking good, nice things that would be good to bring to parties. And yet I would not ask them to do so because, again, I know the moment that I give food to another person, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> you some are you're an alchemist. <laughs> you, you take the food to give to your office and as you touch it, it's like it's just botulism. Just it's like, <laughs> how did you turn it directly into botulinum? <laughs> like Frank, you weren't supposed Frank to leave has the, the cake touch. in the car at 106 degrees for four hours before you served it to everybody, and now everything well, in see, it is poison. Well, see, it looked a little underdone, so you just left it in a 120 degree car, <laughs> hoping yeah, that it would cook that, a little more. I it's not just it's not necessarily a rational fear. Um, it's just but it's a fear nonetheless. It's a fear that I have. It's one of those. Uh, I guess it's a paranoia at this point. Like I don't know how. I don't know why. I'm just not going to bring. Sometimes if if you really force my hand and they're like everyone has to bring food, I will bring something from a place. <laughs> like sw- swing by and get like a little. Uh, like pre-baked casserole or something like that, or a pie. Exactly. Or... So I'll like, I'll hit up the Costco and be like, muffins, mm-hmm. bitches. Um, <laughs> Which, I mean, that that there's nothing wrong with that. Because most places like that, especially like Costco and Sam's, Jesus Christ, their food is good. Like, oh, yeah, those muffins you, you are pick real up, nice. Yeah, and if you pick up like one of their casseroles, like it's like a seven and a half pound pan of casserole that's actually really good. <laughs> like, I don't know how... They can fit that much food into a casserole dish and it's still and in and, and some sort of mass produced fashion and still have it taste like it was pretty good. But that's it's it's wizardry. I definitely want to bring it directly from the store to the place. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be responsible want, for it is what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to get the, the casserole need, and be responsible for making the casserole hot. You need the Costco to cook it for you. And then deliver it. Yes. That's what you need. I want it to go directly from their hands to a table so that if everyone is stricken with the runs, I can be like, don't look at me. Costco brought it. Oh, All right. So, Derek, we have a new segment on the show. Let's take the elevator to accounting. Let's go.
This is the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a podcast about the strange and unusual, the secret and the conspiracies, the friends and the supernatural. We're a podcast that talks about weird things like number stations, the Bermuda Triangle, the Salem Witch Trials, time travel, the moon landing, the Zika virus, serial killers, cults, the deep web, UFOs, superstitions. We cover it all. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Secret Transpod, at S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Come listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Hello, I am Adam Higgins, host of the Odd Dad Out podcast, where normal is not my specialty. What does that mean? Well, that means that this show doesn't exactly stick to a thing very well. I start off every show with kind of a, a story, rant, rambling, whatever the hell is going on in my life and my head at the moment, and then we jump on into some weird news stories because sometimes an idiot just needs to be called an idiot. <laughs> and I wrap it all up on a positive note by suggesting a podcast that I think you need to check out. So if all of that randomness sounds right up your alley, consider subscribing to Odd Dad Out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or whatever podcast app you use. Or catch all the past episodes at odddadout.blogspot.com. And until then, thank you and good night. All right, Derek, would you like to get to an audience question? Yeah, let's do that. All right, I'm an RN. We have a supervisor at the hospital where I work that tends to scratch her personal business often. Oh, Not no. sure if it's a habit or a problem. Anyway, when we have get-togethers such as going away or birthday parties, it makes oh, everyone no. try to do a mad dash to the buffet table before Crotch Rocket gets there. Does someone tell her to figure out her problem? Sent in by In Fear for My Job. Oh, no. I See, thought this, this one would be topical a... given the previous. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. See... This is so gross. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah. and on multiple levels, like even out of the context of <laughs> beating her to beating whomever uh, to the buffet table <laughs> before they get a chance to <laughs> to palm all the Swiss rolls <laughs> <laughs> to check each individually for size and shape. <laughs> oh no, that. Oh, that means that you can't touch like any of the produce in the kitchen area. Oh yeah, no. Anything that is fair game, you have to, for safety, assume that, that they have they have crotch touched. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> just oh, you got so, a can of Lysol everywhere you go. You're just like, oh no, I I wouldn't even trust Lysol to kill that. There's something Clorox don't kill, Frank. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> that was a delayed reaction (laughs) yeah some of my jokes are a slow burn um but no even apart from the food discussion like what is wrong with our audience what (laughs) this is the second question that we've had that involved inappropriate crotch touching at the office um, I mean, I'm not the one. I don't get these. I, I, they are given unto me. <laughs> we are merely, merely the vessels through which this horrible shit is told. Um, no, I, that seems I, I like. Just, a- I wonder if a lot of people have problems with people touching their crotches at work. Like every single episode seems to be some problem involving someone else's crotches in office space. <laughs> Is this a problem that's going unreported until we, like, just knock the lid clear off? I don't know. <laughs> I think we're breaking this story open, man. 
Oh, I hope that's all we're breaking open on this. There's oh. an epidemic. Oh. Multiple kinds. Oh. But no, um, yeah, we've kind of discussed this a little bit before with one of the previous audience questions. Um, but there, you can't just scratch your downstairs mix-up whenever you want. Like, you have <laughs> to do that in private. That's why they're called privates. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the if junior wanted, jumble people, is not for public. Yes, if people wanted to scratch them in the middle of the office, they would call them Publix. Um, wait, I just got the name <laughs> of the supermarket. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if I'm going to shop there anymore. Um, I'm not touching any of the produce. <laughs> certainly not. Um, no, I, I would almost say that this this could be like a health concern not not like in the obvious sense but like it could be my ass it is definitely a health concern <laughs> this is a well, nurse no. well yes of course oh i didn't even think about that but no but no they need somebody needs to to, to address that with them like somebody needs to tell them uh i noticed <laughs> this may be a tough Tough conversation to start. I noticed you've been scratching your crotch a lot lately. Um, we do work in a hospital. There are multiple ointments and unctions <laughs> that could possibly fix your problem. You've had um, the seven-year itch for nine fifteen now. <laughs> Need to get that looked at. This question will be the death of me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. No, okay. Back to the funnier part of it. Getting to them before... Getting to the food before they do. See, now, that may work in some cases, but what if they're taking volunteers to serve the food at a function and they are the first volunteer? Oh, I and lost so... my appetite. Like, that's just <laughs> how we... That's how we roll. <laughs> I mean, it's so... Obviously, if they're, like, serving, like, you know, bare-handed, like, dinner rolls to you, you definitely don't want to touch that. But do do we think that it's some sort of infection that may crawl down a metal spoon and infect the casserole? Or I mean, what, what, what type of isolation or quarantine do we need for this? See, here's my feeling on the subject. Someone who is so unaware and so barbaric <laughs> as to have this kind of habit... That goes unchecked as they are an adult. I cannot trust them with anything. <laughs> the amount to which this shows bad judgment, like I would not trust them with a Tonka truck. <laughs> and especially if you want to play what after after they do, uh, exactly. you gotta spray it off. Um, so I don't, you know, if for all I know, given that this person is such a nasty, terrible, <laughs> horrible creature, they <laughs> might have just licked the, the spoon. <laughs> if they're willing to do, uh, oh, I can see, kind of, kind of the, uh, if they're willing to do that, then what else are they willing to do uh, in the shared space type of thing? Exactly. Um, Not just willing to do, but thoughtlessly would do. Like, this right. is the kind of person who is just cross-contamination waiting to happen. Like, right. Who knows yeah. if they just picked it up by the hand, like, you know, you're supposed to pick it up by the handle when you're serving food and make sure that the head doesn't come into contact with anything. They're the I type of person assume. that, like, like before they started serving people, they take the big old spoon and, like, uh, they, they want to make sure that it tastes okay. So they, like, take a little little bite. Exactly. Like, like you see, little, like, on like, cooking slurp. shows. Like, they'll, they'll take a little spoon and, like... You know, take a little bite off of it. What you don't see in the cooking shows is they li then literally throw that into an incinerator. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Metal spoons. They are never used again. Right off camera is a guy in a full NBC suit with tongs who takes <laughs> right. that from them and then walks <laughs> off and puts it in a lead-lined container <laughs> right. to be disposed of properly. Right. They're, they're not then using that to uh, serve to anyone else or anything like that. They, they're properly disposed of. Um you know, but she takes a little bite just to make sure it's okay, and then dips it back in to serve the first person. Um, this is the man, kind of person who would drop a roll on the floor, pick it up, dust it off on their shirt, and put it back in with the other rolls. See, that's a bridge too far. You know, we we have discussed on this podcast before that there is some <laughs> there is some amount of floor food that is okay, um, but it's a personal choice. <laughs> 
you should not you should not force your for your floor food beliefs on someone else. Like <laughs> if I decide to be a garbage monster and uh, pick up a, something that I've dropped off the floor, inspect it, and then consume it, that's my personal decision. I'm not going to, you know get my batch of sausage balls, accidentally drop them on the way up the stairs, <laughs> scoop them back in, <laughs> and hope nobody notices. Like, I'm not going to force my beliefs on someone else. <laughs> Even the gentle trash panda in nature will wash its food before it eats it. Exactly. Um, oh, man. You can't you can't take anything from these people, uh, or the, this person anymore. Like, you can't take... If they offer you gum, you decline. Nope. Uh, if they want to offer you a ride, you have nope. to decline. Um, <laughs> if they if they want to go halfsies on like a subway sandwich, you say no. <laughs> like there is no limit to to what you have to decline from this person now. Like <laughs> if they if if you buy something, uh, like pick something up from you know somewhere from the bodega on your on your break or whatnot. Um, and they offer you money to pay you back, you have to decline. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. Because we all know what happens to money in circulation, and they've just added another layer of grime to it. They're the reason why money in circulation has that as a problem. Like, <laughs> this is it. This is the one person. They're the nexus. They're the cause behind all the fecal bacteria that is found on the one-pound note. This is so gross. No, there was a guy at, at one of my old offices, and I was in the restroom. It always comes back to foods and bathrooms around here. <laughs> we but certainly was, have a uh, we certainly have a list of things we we go back to. We've got a theme. We've <laughs> okay. So that that may be a problem. That like they say that you talk about what you know. <laughs> All we food. know about is food and bathrooms. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna change the name of the show to Food and Stall. <laughs> it's our new hipster podcast. Uh, welcome to another episode of Food and Stall. Today, oh no! But this guy, he uh, like I was in uh, the stall, um, and someone came in and very obviously and loudly used the bathroom, and then walked out. No, there was no sound no, of running no. water. There no, was no paper Frank, towel no. dispenser. And no. I I left the bathroom and I was like, who who came out of here before me? It was like this was a mystery that had to be solved and it had to be solved immediately. It's like, did oh. you see who came out of the bathroom in front of me? Has anyone else gone in? Like going by Do going you know down who it like was? The, the rows of cubicles like taking notes to see who could have possibly, who didn't have an alibi for, for that certain time that somebody went to the bathroom and washed out like a fucking gorilla and did not wash their hands. Frank, I'm going to request that you cut this out of the episode because I will not be able to listen back to this because this is something, <laughs> this is something that, that uh, it may, maybe it's not to the nightmare level where like I will literally dream about this. But like, whenever I'm you know in the in the restroom, doing what you do in there, um, you know I'll I'll hear somebody like flush, you know unlock the stall, and in the one or two seconds it takes them to walk to the stall from the stall to the sink, it's like that uh, I forget what that movie is, but it's a movie where like the the guy is uh, about to be hung, and like the instant from when. He's dropped to when the rope is, you know, comes taut and his neck snaps. Like he, he has that like elaborate adventure. That's my whole brain for like two seconds. Like I go into the spiral of like, please, for the love of God, please, please tell me that he's going to go to the sink and he's going to wash his hands. Because if he doesn't, I'm going to have to like CSI Miami this shit. And we're, I'm going to have to figure out who the dirty boy is. <laughs> who this, who this <laughs> dirty is. boy is. Because I, the thing is, I don't want anybody to be a dirty boy uh, for multiple reasons, but I also don't want somebody that I respect to be, to be a dirty boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, because I then I can with so many people. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. Like I would, I would not be able to like, if some, if I found out that it was a person I, and I slooped it out, I figured out who it was and I could never <laughs> shake his hand again. And uh, 
And anything he touched was forever their suspect. Like, I mean, it's yeah, similar because, to this. Because the thing is, and I know that we like we judge ourselves by our by our best moments, and we judge other people by their worst moments. But like, unless this guy sounded like he like had like he only had like one minute to poop, like <laughs> if he had to get it done and get out as fast as possible you know maybe i could understand you know skipping a step or or maybe it was an accident that's but a critical he, step i don't all the steps in that particular activity are critical steps like the critical path we have there is nothing that you can skip there is we, I, we're look, not we're I, not going to get this shit more efficient man i agree there are no shortcuts when it comes to to, to bathroom behavior I understand that, but I'm just saying that it could be somewhat understandable. But if, uh, <laughs> but if they were leisurely about it, if they were kind of like, oh, you kind of heard him flipping through a newspaper or heard some buzzing on their phone because they were, you know, perusing Instagram <laughs> or something, uh, and they just got up and walked out, um, then that I think it's safe to, to assume that that's not the first time that's happened. Um, that it it may not be a habit, but it's something that they do not put a lot of they do not stress very highly uh, cleanliness over over. I, I don't even know what else. Like, do you, you can't not like water? Like, <laughs> you, like you can't. I am Old Testament about this. Like, this is a <laughs> one strike. Your out situation at no point. So, there is so when, nothing when that is down, that important. When you come down the mountain with your stone tablets, like you, you take time to scratch them all out. And the only thing on it is you wash your fucking hands when you come out of the bathroom. I'm like, okay, all right, that's nice, uh, burning bush, but thou shalt wash thy goddamn hands. Like, that is. I think we're done here. Like that's that was the that was the the one. We're one and done. We're we're good. I think we've got I them mean, all gra- engraved in stone now. Everything else, there's wiggle room, but but that will not be. That will not. We will not abide by, by lack of hand washing. No, and oh. and I and I sleuthed it out, and apparently this was a thing. Other people knew, and I was like, how could you have not warned me? Oh. But it yeah, was that, it was a regular occurrence with him. Like you don't necessarily want to put out like you know, <laughs> you don't necessarily want to put out a PSA over the intercom, uh, but you do have to like subtly let the word spread, not to like indirectly shame them. Like you should shame them directly uh, and say, "Jeremy, you nasty," uh, <laughs> to, to to fix the behavior. Uh, but like you don't necessarily want to make them. Um, ashamed for no reason with you know uh you want it to be a tactical shame not just a oh, yeah. generic shame um so like you can't necessarily like i said do, do it over the intercom but you have to spread the word because oh yeah no you this is you got <laughs> every new client like the clients have to know <laughs> like i know jeremy is a great developer um he's an, an incredible resource but you really should not w- shake his hand um, okay so this guy was client facing. Oh no. Yes, his job was to specifically interact and interface with clients. So by proxy, you can't shake your clients' hands anymore either. No, mm. no, I can't touch them. Not without gloves. <laughs> A full NBC suit. Oh, uh, no, okay. So the only way to to if you can't fix this directly with some sort of behavioral modification, you basically have to just have like uh, one of those little, uh, you know, stick your hand under here for some from some hand sanitizer in every meeting, and you know, basically <laughs> you're the bouncer, and you have the little velvet rope over the front of the entrance uh, to the conference room, and the only way for people to get in is for them to get a little hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> At Frank's office, there is a full surgical scrub down. <laughs> the double sinks and everything before you can go in. Every every single person has to do the full scrub down with the harsh <laughs> soap. The one that chaps. <laughs> 
The one that leaves no moisture in your hands. <laughs> you will have crackly mummy hands, but by God. <laughs> you will be free of poo. <laughs> I think that is uh I think that is a very worthy exchange. Uh hand moisture and natural oils for lack of <laughs> poo particles. Cuz here's the thing. Like sometimes I've heard people have conversations with people like this and their defense is, "Well, I didn't get anything on my hands, so it should be fine." Oh. Oh, no. And I am no. like I cannot strangle the life out of them because they're thrashing. They will put those hands all in my face. It's too risky. If there's too much of a risk, there's nothing I could do here. Oh, I mean, is this like a like a basic misunderstanding of like biology and chemistry and the fact that like, <laughs> look, I know that there's osmosis and semi-permeable membranes, but that two-plague toilet paper ain't covering you for shit. <laughs> like, you are not, you are not protected. You might, you might as well just be, like, open-hand cupping your butthole <laughs> with that two-plague toilet paper. <laughs> That's the same damn thing. You can't thing. just do one sheet. No. No. I like, mean, even, I would, I would posit that even with, like, Ten folds, like like fold it over ten times to where it's literally just like this solid uh, rectangular shape of <laughs> of two ply uh, in like a hundred layers. That is still not enough protection for, for you not to have to wash your fucking hands. I have recreated the tree itself <laughs> from whence this paper came, and have used that to scrape, and yet. <laughs> I am still going to wash my nasty goddamn hands. <laughs> Unless you have an attendant whose who sole purpose is to wipe your ass so you don't have to, there is no way you're getting out of washing your hands. Even then, Absolutely zero. I was physically in the bathroom. Right. Just I, just the, the particles. Like, you, if there was some sort of scanner... To show you particulate matter in the air, uh, and and just for just for character, uh, have it color the poo particles brown. <laughs> you couldn't see. It would just be a fog of brown. You can't escape it. You wash no. your fucking hands. I go into the bathroom to check to make sure my eyeliner is on point. I wash my wash hands. Your hands. Like be- because the thing is, like even if like there wasn't like a cloud of poo particles surrounding you in the bathroom. You know, there's the door handle, there's the stall handle, like, that's the thing. If you touched anything on any surface in any bathroom, you wash your hands. That's just, yeah, yeah. that's that's first grade right there. And I might be a little paranoid, I don't know, the preceding 15 minutes may may have something, <laughs> you know, to say to everyone about the subject. May, may have shaken but something out a little deep-seated. Deep <laughs> when I'm leaving a bathroom, I open the door... With the third finger on my left hand. That's it. And then I know that finger. That's the bad finger. You don't put that finger in your eye. You don't pick up food with that finger. Just the thought that you have a finger that is used for no practical purpose other than touching potentially shit-covered things. It's important, Derek. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying there, there may be methods that have less collateral damage. Uh I mean, there's sometimes when you need, uh, you know, two hands to, to, you know, consume a sandwich or something like that. Um, in cases such as that, I mean, you're going to need that third finger. Hand what, sanitizer. What? Hand sanitizer. I mean, okay, like, right. this is this is this well, is my solution to no, no, saving no, you, the environment. Just, I, I get it. But you have just like completely poked a hole in your own plan that if you sometimes hand sanitize and then use all four fingers on that dirty hand uh you 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 can no longer certify that whether or not that is a clean finger or a dirty finger like <laughs> there I, are times I, no, when I, it is it's schrodinger's dirty finger 
<laughs> like <laughs> until you hand sanitize, you don't know whether it's clean or dirty. Oh well, I just I always assume that this finger is the finger that has touched something un unsavory. <laughs> and I only will consume something that requires the entirety of both hands if I have used hand sanitizer. Okay. Here's the All key. Right. Get hand sanitizer, I'll, I'll the, the hand sanitizer, before you hand sanitizer. <laughs> it's cyclical. All right. Well, I'll, I'll I, let you off the hook for that, but I'm, I'm watching, I would out, not, for your, I'm watching uh, out for your dirty finger now, Frank. I would not know. characterize myself for all of this. Like I must sound like the preceding 15 minutes may make everyone think that I am some sort of Howard Hughes level germaphobe. And I'm not, I'm really not like I am. I am somewhat blase about things mm-hmm. that, that might involve me getting an illness or another. Cause I understand I walk through a world that is just covered in nastiness. And, like, just floating in the air are millions of particles of terrible things. Produced and, from all manner of things. Like, both bodily and machinery and animal and what have you. Everything's doing gross shit all the time. Exactly. It's just, like, for most things, I've got some amount of plausible deniability within myself. Like, but with with the bathroom door, I know for a fact that people are doing potty things in the bathroom area (laughs) like the bathroom zone is for that and so people are touching those kinds of things and then touching that door handle so i'm absolutely true i cannot i cannot you know suspend my disbelief long enough to believe that that door handle is anything other than a vector for super plague and i i'm right there with you like that that door handle is getting touched by the thickest material that I possibly can muster at the time. I, you know, a lot of times I'll take the, you know, uh, I mean, and and this is what kind of causes my problems with like Dyson air blades and stuff. Other than your you know sexual attraction for them, which makes it a little oh, yeah, weird. I mean. um, but uh, but no, there there's no paper product with which to open the door. Um, yeah. You know, normally normally I'll take the the paper towel that I've dried my hands with. Uh, and I will use that as a barrier, however meager it may be, because it's still like 1.25 ply paper. Like it's not, it's not a bounty or, <laughs> or a brawny paper towel. This isn't the high quality shit. This is, you know, this is the Costco stuff. Right. Uh, so even though like biologically or chemically, it may not actually offer that much protection, at least it's some that I can convince myself that. I did not directly, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, when you kiss somebody, you kiss everybody they've ever kissed, whether or not that's actually true, uh, but every, (laughs) this is why I don't kiss them on the mouth. (laughs) See, this is, this is the problem because when, (laughs) when you lick your finger, you are licking everything that anybody's hands who have touched a surface that you have also touched have touched. So. If somebody has touched their butt, then touch the handle. You touch the handle, and and your hand is not clean enough. I've licked the butt. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you're following me, Frank. You licked the butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and like I used to be definitely the guy that was like, all right, paper towel, use the paper towel to dry, open the door, hold the door open with my foot, throw the paper towel, walk out. Like, one, that becomes infeasible in, you know, again, as you said, environments where they've got the Dyson Airblade. Hey, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> environments where the the paper towel is, like, unfeasibly far away from the door. There's no mm-hmm. garbage. There's nothing I, like, I have to, what, then I take it with me and I put it in my pocket? Exactly. Which, which then is another layer of contamination. Exactly. Because, now I have contaminated paper towel in my pocket. <laughs> Right. And then when you reach in to get your keys, uh, which are now invariably covered in whatever particles were on that tor- that that piece of paper. So, no, I'm not saying it's a perfect plan. I'm just saying that well, that's all, also we, not good for the we all find ways to deal with poop particles, Frank. I'm trying I'm trying to save the environment as much as I can because I'm here and I'm using it right now. No, fuck the environment. I don't want to touch poop. <laughs> 
So I'm trying to make small changes. Small changes <laughs> like if if I can avoid having, you know, to use extra uh, paper towel, I will try to avoid using extra paper towel. But for instance, in my office right now, like the gar- the only garbage receptacle is unfeasibly far from the door. Right. Like I would have to slam the door open and then, <laughs> you know, do like a real quick side to side to get, you know, over there toss and then back out the door before it gets a chance to close or i just which is, I, you which know, is I not try and... that that isn't that is a, a feat that requires a little too much agility i think um but no like right outside that door is that that little trash can that's supposed to be for paper cups but there there's a lot of balled up paper towels in there you but know, i guess that's them, the reason them's, them's contaminated poo towels <laughs> right well, next see, to your drinking water. Oh God, the ca- the contamination <laughs> continues. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is a rabbit hole that we can never get <laughs> to the bottom. We can't of. touch anything because of the poo. <laughs> this this goes all the way down through the looking glass. And Would you say I don't it want goes to all the way to the bottom? Mm. <laughs> we can go to hell. Oh my God, man! We are we are in we are in a mood for tangents today. Woo. We are indeed. Yeah. So okay, for a quick wrap up, just that we we say we do not we are not derelict in our duty of giving terrible advice. Uh, broach this, buddy, uh, or just never attend your office again. That that's it. <laughs> yeah, you you've got to talk to them, or you just have to get on a plane and leave the country. Um. All right. <laughs> All right, there is no name on this question. Um, Poofinger. No, I will not be a party to making Poofinger acceptable. Um, clean finger. How about that? Uh, all right. Clean finger. User clean finger User ass. clean finger ass. Why does my conservative boss not allow indoor plants in the office? We only have white walls and black chairs. He thinks plants have no beneficial value. Is he trying to terrorize us liberals who are pro-environment? <laughs> See, when, when I read this question, my first thought went back to uh, Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> it's like, we can't have plants in here. This is the green room. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but apparently... I was gonna say, are you are you working for the Trump administration? Is your boss the head of the EPA, Scott Pruitt? No, I will. Who I'm fairly certain is the smog monster from Ferngully. Um, from I Ferngully, have had yes. that exact same thought. He is literally the the smog guy from Ferngully. Uh, also voiced by, uh, um, he is voiced by Tim Curry. Hexus. But no, um, yeah, you, your your boss must hate the environment. I think, um, not not necessarily, you know, to terrorize the people in the office. But uh, yeah, he he does not. Maybe plants killed his family. Oh, I didn't think mm. about this. Maybe this is actually in some sort of parallel universe. At the 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 happening has has already happened. Oh wait! Oh wait! I'm spoiling something. You saw that move. Hold on. All right. I need Frank. I need you to edit edit this in post before we talk about this. This is a spoiler for the M Night Shyamalan movie, The Happening. If you don't want to hear it, fast forward like a minute. <laughs> Alternate. Alternately, how about I say this? If you want to hear what happens in The Happening, fuck you. <laughs> that is a perfectly valid response. Um, that was a terrible goddamn movie and absolutely nobody needs to watch it. Was it was the worst. And not just because of Marky Mark. Like, Mark Wahlberg, like, look, <laughs> look like he smelled... Sometimes I'll take Wahlberg. He, he smelled a fart the whole movie. That's what he looked like. <laughs> he did. And he was confused. it was a movie about asparagus trying to kill everyone. Ha, <laughs> ha. Oh, it was just one gigantic film about asparagus pea smell. <laughs> it was actually not really like spores driving people crazy. It was, uh, you know, they're just like so Marky Mark's asparagus habit. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. 
But so this this person may have come from an alternate timeline in which that the happening was true, right? Where it actually happened, um, which is is a shame because because that's just terrible. Not the plant thing, yeah, but just the that, fact that it <laughs> that they had to have Mark Wahlberg running around smelling things all day, <laughs> <laughs> just with stinky face all day. It's like, huh? Ew! What plants? <laughs> uh, that was my. Uh, that was <laughs> that was my imitation of Marky Mark of Mark Wahlberg. That was the entire movie. Thank you, <laughs> yes. thank you, Derek. You just did the entire movie. Oh, what? Oh, God, plants! <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was pretty accurate, um, but as the as we know with the Hey Alexi thing, I'm not known for my impressions. Um, See, I'm I'm sitting over here and I'm thinking that I would probably rather have Hexus head up the EPA. Because then we would know, and it would just be honesty. Right. It would be transparency in, in, in government, thing. which is really lacking. Exactly. <laughs> and it would be Tim Curry, who's just like, yes. Give me your smog. <laughs> exactly. That's my second impression for the day. <laughs> so, obviously, this guy's boss is Hexus from Ferngully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He hates all plants, and also, uh, what were they, fairies or some shit? It's been a long time. Yeah, uh, I, I guess it was fairies. Um, I, my my knowledge of Ferngully, Ferngully extends entirely to uh, <laughs> to things that are voiced by Tim Curry. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Remember. And now I'm thinking back, and I'm like, they were in the middle of the Amazon rainforest, and it was a bunch of white ass fairies, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was all just. <laughs> Bunch of basic, basic bitch fairies. <laughs> Man, this was the eighties when when just nobody actually gave any thought to this kind of shit. Right? No, no sensitivity whatsoever. It's bad enough. Hexus is trying to get all of the plants cut down, but also the fairies are appropriating the native culture. <laughs> there are multiple problems that need to be fixed here. Those those fairies are from the valley, and we're not talking about any valley in Fern Gully. <laughs> oh no! But I I guess like on some practical level, I can see why you wouldn't want like a ton of plants just like chilling out, like because like plants got to be watered, and if they die and they like you know be all wilty and whatnot, uh, it can kind of bring down the uh, <laughs> the ambiance of the office. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like if you if you don't take care of the plants, they're no longer sprucing the place up. They're just making it look even worse. Right. <laughs> it's like, like now now not only do we have a drab office, but we have a drab office that kills plants. Right. It looks like the the rose from uh, Beauty and the Beast, where it just kind of slowly wilts and and dies. That's another movie that just ended terribly for me. Like, at the end of that movie, he goes from being a badass monster man that can do anything right. to a young Fabio clone. <laughs> with with no, uh, no physical prowess, uh, nothing but, like, vast riches and a strong-ass chin. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's it. That's just, it. You could crack walnuts on that chin. And we are we just got we just got rid of that guy. Like that guy just fell to his death. Right. Not to spoil yet another fucking movie in this one. <laughs> but that guy just died and now we have another one of these blowhard assholes. That one I do not feel bad about spoiling. Uh if somehow you have dodged Beauty and the Beast for the last what 30 years? Something? Nobody falls to his death like Gaston. <laughs> That was the uh, the little known uh, fifth verse to that song. Yeah, that was an extra verse. <laughs> Not nearly as popular. Oh, it, it's sung sadly by LeFou, his little friend. <laughs> no one falls like Gaston. There's a lot of tears. It's it's real slow down. It's, it's take not really on a the number. Yeah, it, it turns into a dirge. <laughs> it's, yeah, they they do a reprisal. This is all in the remake, you know, that, that was, they were getting a lot of flack. Nobody talked about the really sad uh, afterward Gaston dead uh, musical number that they did because everyone was really obsessed with the ever so slightly gay moment right. in a movie about a guy that we have known for the last 30 years, super gay for Gaston. Like, totally. 
like in, any... in a cartoon when people were children, that was still obvious. Right. I mean, who sings about another man like as lovingly as that without some sort of, you know, you know, sentimental attachment behind it? And you know, there is absolutely zero wrong about that. It's just super obvious. And now but they're it crying caused foul. all of the reviewers to miss, you know, the really sad musical number <laughs> at the end. And I think that's a shame. I know you're not a, a musical guy, but it's kind of like the, uh, you know, some of the reprisals in uh, in Rent, the musical. Because, uh, you know, basically <laughs> they have like a happy song and they'll do like a reprisal after someone dies. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's like a super sad version of it. Uh, yeah, that... And, and I, I'm guessing it's it's not just a rent thing. It's just that's the one that came to mind. But like every play, uh, you know, every musical has it where it's like, ooh, happy song. Oh no, someone died. Let's sing it, but sad. <laughs> <laughs> we we have tapped out your musical theater knowledge, huh? <laughs> I know about I know about musicals and stuff, sort of. It's just rent and cats. That's all. That's all he's got. No, no actually, I don't know a lot about cats. Jessica loved cats when we were first uh, when we first started dating, and luckily I have avoided watching it in its entirety. Uh, we've been together over fourteen years, and I still have not sat down and watched cats all the way through. <laughs> At this point, it, it may be a quest <laughs> to never fully experience the entirety of Quest the music or, or of uh, Cats the musical. I don't lead a grand life, but I, I take I take joy where I can find it. If you have any questions that you'd like for us to answer on air, at this point, if you send it in, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to make it on the show, and they don't necessarily have to be work-related. Please send them to questions at WLICast.com. If you have any comments or feedback, send it to feedback at WLICast.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WLICast, or on Twitter at WLImbalance, and use the hashtag WLICast. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to need to transfer you.